this is Kimmy with Metal Deli number 221. What's going on? Today we have an interview with Dead Sage Records and the three guys behind that. We have John Bomber, who is also known as Jax. We have Chris Wozniewski, who's also known as Woz. And we have Wiley Wells, who's also known as Wiley. And <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this interview. They have five bands that are right now under their label. And I'll be playing those bands and you'll get to hear them throughout the interview, but I'm going to start off the show, before we even start the interview, I'm going to start off the show with a song that I just really liked. This is Via Verso with So Long.
Metal Deli, and I have Jack from Dead Sage with me. Jack, what's going on? I, uh, I'm in the car momentarily, but uh, I'm excited to chat with you. All right. Well, I am excited to chat with you as well. We have a lot to talk about. Very excited because you have a lot to tell me. And talk to me. Tell me, what is Dead Sage? You're not a band. What is Dead Sage? Well, in the spirit of the 90s, uh, we've started our own record label. Okay. Uh, myself and Chris Wozniak and another gentleman named Pat Hamilton. And we put it together as sort of a collective of people who we want to support and sort of legitimize their their projects. We've all spent so many years trying to kiss the asses of record labels and booking agencies and management companies trying to just get ahead, you know, to, just to get our music out there. And so we decided, decided to just, I mean, we really only do this for the love of it, you know, not really for any real return on investment. And so uh, we decided that we would go broke putting out our own records and our friends' records because that's sort of what a label is. So it goes without saying, we're in the middle of COVID, pandemic. Uh-huh. Did you start this before COVID? Is this the greatest time to be starting something like this? <laughs> well, <laughs> we I guess just before the first announcements of of COVID, Chris and I got together. I mean, there was like whisperings about it being a thing in China. And, uh, we we're, we're discussing putting it together, and I mean, why wait? I mean, well, uh, right. The, uh, if you did it then, you had no idea what it was going to turn out to be. Absolutely. Right. Right. And so we. Uh, we weren't going to stop making music or putting out albums of our own because of this. I, uh, I, I just wanted to keep moving forward, and that's what we did. So how does everyone know each other? For, let's start with that. How does everyone know each other? Uh, Waz and I are from the uh, same neighborhood. We play in a band together with uh, a mutual friend named Tom Denny. He's a... Uh, a West Coast artist now, but he grew up with us, and we formed the band Iclatus together. Actually, Tom and Waz started it together, and I came I came along a little bit further into the pro- project. But uh, Iclatus, which I have played on three shows and called them Iclatus, and you <laughs> have now realized what an ass they sound like. So good, so Iclatus. Oh no, no. Right. Hey, Kimmy. Hey, Waz, I think uh, someone is going to be in a lot of trouble for not uh, correcting me since like six months ago. Oh, come on. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody, I've heard much worse pronunciations of Iquatus before, some of which we probably can't even say on the radio. I'm really rather embarrassed, but 
We'll we'll work on that one. I think you owe me a glass of wine. But okay, so keep so you guys are in this band together. Keep going. Yeah, we, uh, we we joined this. I joined the band uh, a little bit later, but Waz and Tom started it back in I don't know what, what? 1998 or I don't I don't even know when the band formed. Yeah, I think it was like early 2000s. We just started messing around with it. You know, Tom was just making noise on whatever uh, stuff he was um, quote unquote borrowing from Sam Ash while he was working there. And, uh, yeah, we just started making noise, but it didn't really get serious until we brought you into the fold, and um, that was probably, what, about 2005, 2006? And that band is still going, correct? Yeah, it's more of a studio project because we all live in different states. Mm -hmm. But uh, we do get together once or twice a year and work on on new stuff. We have a... uh, an EP that is just about done. We just haven't really figured out when to put it out yet. I'm sure there will be... I mean, I'm hoping it will be sometime next year. Yeah, we're going to try and do something really crazy here in the next couple months and uh, maybe all get together in Chicago at the end of December. (laughs) December? Oh, this December, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what month it is anymore. Okay, so you're all talking about this record program or this record company. And first, why the name Dead Sage? Does that mean something? Ah, uh, well, well, go ahead, Waz. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll take a stab at this one. I think it came to us. You know, you were asking us about you know when we decided to do the record label, um, and. Uh, as Jackson was alluding to, you know, we got together in late February and we're um, in, in central Washington. I think he was in Spokane and, you know, I, of course, live in the Seattle area. So we met halfway and uh, went and checked out some of the, um, you know, local attractions, <laughs> which if you've ever been to central Washington before, there's really nothing there at all. But they do have this pretty pretty cool, um, like, ancient like waterfall uh, area that they call the dry fall. So we went and walked around in there, and there's a bunch of sagebrush and stuff in there, and we were trying to figure out a ban- or a label name, and we threw that one out there, and it stuck. Interesting. Okay. i got to say, it's, uh, um, it's sort of a, uh, an homage to a friend of mine who passed away a couple of years ago. In a way, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the tarot deck at all. Sure, of course. But the sage, the sage is one of the cards, and uh, the uh, uh, or the hermit, I guess. But uh, the sage is kind of the uh, the inspiration from the hermit for me. And I sort of think about my friend Bo Glazer, who to me was always sort of a a wondrous creature of creativity, always just pouring out the most amazing songs and ideas and art pieces, just just an overflowing cornucopia of weird and bizarre ideas. Wow. uh, So, yeah, and I I mean, there really doesn't, there's not a day that goes by where I don't either look at some of his artwork that's up in my home or uh, listen to some of his music in my car. Uh, he had this really weird, obscure band called Cups and Ice Cubes, and uh, it's—I tell you what—it's not for everyone. It's uh, <laughs> it's 
pretty biz- bizarre music, and it's something I, I mean, that's really the only thing I listen to in the car. And so when I think of Dead Sage, I often think of Bo Glazer and uh, the influence he had on me as an artist and a musician. And so uh, that's kind of my vision of what the name is about. I knew Bo as well, and uh, actually Jackson and I, uh, we, we, we contributed to a song in his memory. Um, maybe we can dig that up and share that one with Kimmy. Oh, I forgot about I forgot you played on that. That yeah, would be awesome. It's God says, let the grass grow, but the devil says, mow. <laughs> okay. That's the name I of the like song. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty cool song. <laughs> okay. And so is this like acid music or is this like when you say really weird, is it like? Uh, yeah. It was, I mean, Cups and Ice Cubes for sure was like a an acid trip or uh, I don't know. There's everyone on, on all those recordings is very, very high on drugs. <laughs> and uh, uh, the uh, just the lyrics are, I mean, not only really bizarre and psychedelic, but also really insightful, in my opinion.
Okay, so you come up, you decide to do this record label, and you said you wanted to promote certain people. How did you decide to choose? And was this like everyone had to, everyone had to agree, or you each got to pick, or how did this, how did this happen? Well, we're still a, flag, a fledgling company here, uh, you know, a, a small startup label, and as I said before Waz got on, we created it more to legitimize our own projects. So these are, these are bands and, and albums and stuff that we've played on, that we've participated in. And so um, I think when, you know, I like that, that uh, um, adage, what you water grows. And so like if, I think when we focus on our projects and our ideas together, we, uh, you know, I think we legitimize them more. And so it's, it's not that we're like going around trying to find bands or we're not like the old guys at a bar waiting to hear the new young hot thing. We're not that the bars are open now, but I think you know what I mean. We're, uh, we're trying. We're trying to legitimize the projects that we're involved in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what was the first? What was the first thing that happened? You you decide to put a record label together, or you say, "Wow, I Katus, sorry, um, I Katus needs a needs more promotion." What came first, chicken or the egg? Uh, well, well. I mean, all the music came first. 
And so, so we, all of the bands started, on your label already were already banned. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so a lot of the stuff that's on, on the deadsage.com Bandcamp page is, is like a back catalog. And so far we only have two new releases, one being the Theurgy Exit Strategies, and now Fearsore has a, uh, a four-song EP coming out on Friday. Okay. Okay, so... Let's go to Theurgy, because I asked you how okay. to pronounce it, and you said, well, how do you pronounce the made-up word? But you know <laughs> right. how to pronounce nope. it, because it's your made-up word, correct? Well, uh, the, it, we just changed the spelling of it. There, there's, there, there's a word in the English dictionary uh, that's Theurgy, T-H-E-U-R-G-Y, and it means divine intervention in human affairs or something like that, or uh, maybe the, the use of white magic. And those guys came up with that name. I really loved it. We all really loved it. And it turned out there was some other band that had that name. <laughs> Not really. I don't even think they're together anymore, but they had the, band camp page and they had a Facebook page and all this stuff. So we just, and I think maybe even there was a, a trademark uh, when I did a search on the trademark website. And so we just decided to switch the U to a Y and that's sort of the, the origin of that. Ah, uh, I get it. Okay, I got it. Okay, now that makes sense. Totally get it. I'm on with you. By the way, no. I, I think that band and, that, and this label and even Iquatus are all kind of the products of, um, of uh, dudes that went to Catholic high school on the Chicago South Side. And I think that that's really <laughs> playing a big influence to that. Just saying. That's very interesting. So why? Like, do you, like, what do you think would be the reason for that? <laughs> Uh, Since you're well, talking to a North Side Jewish girl, I would have no idea what happens on the South Side Catholic Boys <laughs> Well, that, 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 that's pretty interesting, actually. we got a, a nice little uh, dichotomy going there, potentially. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think anybody, um, you know, who's, who's self-aware and is able to think for themselves after they survive parochial school um, is definitely going to um, have some things that they need to work out, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I think for me and probably my bandmates and label mates here, um, you know, it's kind of a catharsis for us. That makes sense. So did you guys go to Catholic High School too? The yeah. same one, in fact. That's very interesting then that Catholic South Side Chicago Boys or whatever and all of this stuff seems to be, let me start again. When I first started with the metal podcast, I was realizing that I was getting a lot of metal that was based in Greek mythology. Interesting. So would you say that all the metal, although you did tell me oh, not all your music is metal, would you say that a lot of the music that you guys have made yourself is based in some kind of something like that, 
whether it's mythology or white magic or something like that. Well, um, I sure wish Tom Denny was on this call. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I sure wish Tom was on this call because he's such a great storyteller. He and I all, often will uh, will will find spiritual allegorical messages to kind of plant, plant into the lyrics. Okay, but but uh, myself, I, I don't write a lot of lyrics for the bands. I mean, a little bit in. Uh, um, Iclatus and my main project of my own, Bury the Machines, I write all that stuff. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that it's all uh, based in magic or, uh, or, or focused on spirituality, but there is a theme of that running through, through uh, you know, at least 50% of our stuff. But we do okay. talk about aliens and... Uh, um, uh, giants and old that, stories. I think that esoteric is a good word to describe. Yeah. You know, it's not religious, it's not spiritual, but, you know, we do talk about, you know, esoteric topics. I can't think of a better word. Okay. Okay, so you decide you know, uh, to go with the label. And, and, but no bad. I was going to say, um, for me personally, music is a bit of a, a, an outlet for some of the suffering and pain that life brings at, at me. And so a, a, lot of, a lot of times my, my lyrics and my singing is kind of spawned from a place of, of pain. And so it's kind of for me, a way of like a therapy to work through a lot of stuff. And so <clears throat> there is a, maybe a theme of, of redemption or recovery or uh, uh, healing to a lot of the stuff that I, I personally write lyrically. But the, uh, I mean, the beauty of being able to collaborate with all these different people that I know is Everybody has their strong suit. Everybody has their, uh, the you know their insights that they bring to a project. And for example, John Doyle in Theurgy, he writes. I'll, I'll often just give him a, a song title, and an hour later he has all the lyrics all composed for it, and it's it just blows my mind. It just pours out of him like water. And so uh, it's beautiful to be able to collaborate with all these different people and, and everyone brings a different message, a different uh, picture to, to each song. So you give, him a t- you give him a title, but there's no music, and he writes lyrics. Then he writes well, usually, lyrics. I, usually I'll give him a song that I'm working on, an instrumental piece, and, a, okay. and it will have a name. It will have a name, and then he'll write the lyrics to that name. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I gave him a song a few weeks ago or a few months ago uh, called Your Teeth Are My Currency. 
And lo and behold, he made this really catchy song singing about that. Your teeth are my currency. <laughs> and so you, so you came up with, with this title with no backstory to it. Your teeth no. are my currency. And, and he, yeah, and he, he formed this whole uh, world around it. Super cool stuff. I love being. I love when that happens. That's amazing. Because, <laughs> because with, with all due respect, your teeth are my currency is rather out there. <laughs> it's not like you know our house is in the middle of our street. You know, everyone has a house. Everyone has a street. But, like, where did you pull that name from? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know where the, half of this stuff comes from. Probably from the people that I hang around with. You know, okay. All a twisted no bunch teeth. of people. Like, help me out here. Like, <laughs> so you're from the Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> a north yeah. sider would say, Freak. okay, well, all you south siders have gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The and freaks and weirdos just make, I don't know where this stuff comes from. It's. Sometimes I think of it's a sickness, but I don't know. It's just... Uh, I mean, I think that's genius. Kimmy from the Metal Deli here. I wanted to take a moment and interrupt this interview just for a second. If you're not from Chicago, you might miss some of the subtleties that are going on here. Chicago is known, at least within Chicago, for having a rivalry between the north side and the south side. For sure, with baseball teams. There's the Cubs and the Sox, but it goes deeper than that. For instance, the north side and the south side have different accents. And why that is, I've never figured out, but it's almost as if we're on different sides of the country. Um, and I need to be careful how I say this because I'm a north sider, so I don't want it to seem that I'm biased against the south siders because obviously they're awesome people. But if you've seen the Saturday Night Live skit, Da Bears, Da Coach, uh, all of that, that's south side. We don't do that on the north side. The rivalry exists for food, for cops, for everything. So you heard me say that they're Catholic boys from the south side, and I'm a Jewish girl from the north side. I would never in my life have met those guys if it weren't for metal. And that's the honest truth. It's not a bad thing. It's just a Chicago thing. And it's great. These guys are awesome, and and through metal, I have met amazing people, but um, when I was, I think, 20, I went to school downtown, and I started meeting people from the South Side, and they would ask me questions like, I was an alien from another space uh, or another place, so... So if you're so I apologize if you're missing some of these subtleties, but they're awesome. So uh, so I apologize if if you, if there's something that you think you're missing, write to me and I'll explain it. But this interview was so much fun for me because of those. If my father was alive and he would hear this, he would be rolling over in his grave. He'd be thinking, "Oh my God, my daughter is talking to Southsiders because he was a cop, and for his for his uh, fellow cops." to know that his daughter was talking to Southsiders, it would be such a rivalry. He would have just been totally made fun of in a cop way. So we'll go back to the interview. And believe it or not, I did just say if my father was alive, he would be rolling over in his grave. I did say that. Okay, we're going back to the interview now. 
All right, so I found this thing. It's uh, <clears throat> that song, Hiding Your Face in the Wall. It okay. was, uh, was written about the mysterious death of Netta Fornario. And okay. uh, she, was, she was found dead on the Scottish Isle of Iona in 1929. And she was, uh, she was found on this ferry mound with uh, um, totally naked... And uh, she had a, uh, she, around her neck was a crucifix and it was totally burned, but her skin wasn't burned at all. It's super uh, um, mysterious story.
up at the sky Looking for something to bring you to ground Hiding a face in the wall in mind when you wrote this? Uh, John, John came up with this one. Oh, okay. I got it. And he knew the story because what? I think he had heard it on a podcast. What? Gotcha. You know, okay, let's go backwards. Let's go back to high school with you guys. <laughs> Did you guys... I really want to understand what's going on here in high school. Were you like into Dungeons and Dragons together? What was the, what drew you guys together as friends? Was it the music, or was it your um, ideology, like that you all have these? Um, it's interesting to me. Like, obviously, people are drawn to people like them that they want to hang out with. So, was it just music, or was it? these um, interesting subjects that you're bringing out in your music? Well, I think it was drugs and alcohol that brought us together. (laughs) (laughs) And I also want to say there was definitely no Dungeons and Dragons involved. At least I could say that for myself. I I, I still have yet to participate in any role-playing games whatsoever in my life. Um, Hoping to die that way. Is that including Mr. White? Sorry, never mind. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I didn't actually know. I didn't actually know Jackson in high school. Uh, we went to the same high school. We were a couple of grades apart. But um, okay. I actually didn't know him at the time. I didn't actually meet you until shit. Uh, I don't know, five to ten years after we graduated, something like oh, that. Oh, okay. So this wasn't a bunch of high school. This wasn't a high school bunch of kids who kept going. No. Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay. Well, me and Tom Denny are kind of like that. I, I knew Tom, Tom. Tom and I were went to the same school and we're in the same grade and pretty much, you know, have been friends since we were fourteen. And uh, yeah, we we definitely shared some common interests at that time. I think you know we were both wearing Pantera shirts when we showed up to you know like the first day of. <laughs> band camp in high school or something like that so um yeah music is definitely what brought that together but i don't know it is kind of interesting that we all came back together you know 10 years later in the early 2000s and, and um you know created iclatus and created friendships and you know now jackson and i are doing this label um you know i think there's more to it than just the love of the music or love for music although that's obviously a big part of it um you know, I think we have all got kind of similar journeys in life and um, similar aspirations. So I feel like we're all pretty complementary uh, to each other in that regard. So something that interests me and has since I first featured you was on my show a couple months ago is how many pools you seem to have going, right? You've got your foot in here. You've got your foot in here. You've got your foot in here. You've got all these projects going. Hopefully you have a life. <laughs> I assume. How do you keep it straight? Not very well. You know, I thought that maybe with COVID being the thing and, you know, staying at home that I'd have all this extra time on my hands to do all these extra, you know, things and stuff like that. But uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I do. I I, I keep my hands in a lot of pots. You know, I got several bands going, a couple here in Seattle, you know, Iclatus, Laird of Minotaurs, other ones in other parts of the country. Um, and, of course, the label, I'm writing for a magazine. I like to stay busy. I like to do a lot of stuff. I don't like to have any downtime. Um, you know, all these things are very therapeutic. You're writing for, for a magazine? Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, Lara the Minotaur, there's another band I, that, I, that I pronounced wrong. And my oh. son came in, he's like, Mom, that's not the way I... He goes, you're pronouncing that name wrong. I'm like, son of a bitch. So that's two with you now. Thank you. No, 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 no. So this one, this one, you're definitely off the hook. I believe he said Minotaur instead of Minotaur. (laughs) I did. I did. (laughs) And that is totally legit. Every European that we encountered on tour over there back in the 2007 or whatever, everybody pronounced it that way. So just tell them, you know, that's the European pronunciation. And then you sound fancy. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Give me the Chicago (laughs) European. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now it's we're in uh, October. It's almost November. So you this. How was the summer? How did the summer progress? With you come up with this idea right before COVID, and then COVID hits. Um, everything shuts down. So did you find yourself? You found yourself with all this extra time. What happens with you guys and Dead Safe? Do you start pushing through? And how did you decide what to do with each band um, as far as promoting or, or anything? How did you guys decide who makes the decisions, everything else? Uh, well, uh, that, yeah, we unfortunately couldn't get together to practice or play or do any live shows, and so we decided to continue with the release schedule, but just to do uh, uh, videos, uh, streaming videos of us playing. And uh, so that at least, you know, 
we could feel like we were doing something. All right, What's so going we on? just welcomed Wiley. Wiley, welcome. Uh, Thank you so much. Come on in. Tell us, uh, introduce yourselves. Talk to me. Uh, I hear you're of... in charge of Fear Store, right? Yeah, Fear Store is kind of like um, my 20-year-old brainchild or sorts. And, yeah. <laughs> it, it tends to include a, a whole bunch of sound freaks from Chicago, um, including some of the people on the Dead Sage label. And, yeah, I guess that's that. We got a release coming out on Friday, uh, Wetworks, and uh, we should have some more merch popping up in the next few days. So all really of the bands on Dead Stage, they're all vinyl albums, nothing else? Oh, uh, no, that's um, not true. Oh, yeah, uh, let's see. For me, it, for us in Theurgy, it's been uh, CDs. Um, we haven't really discussed vinyl, have we? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think maybe next year we're going to put a uh, Theurgy album on vinyl, but... Uh, it's uh, when it's a band like uh, Fear Sore or Buried the Machines, and there's just one member. It's hard to uh, split the costs, and so mm-hmm. it's just not really cost effective to, to to put out vinyl. Very true. At least not not now. So, Jack, you did tell me that you're not necessarily concentrating on metal for the for the debt for Death Stage. Why? Right. Uh, I mean, Pat, Pat Hamilton, uh, who is another uh, member of the label, he he writes uh, sort of almost country-esque indie rock songs that are really good. And uh, um, I, uh, I mean, I love metal, but I want to. I don't want to pigeonhole myself or any of the people we work with into just having to do heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to Theurgy, I mean, a lot of it's really poppy and sort of influenced by uh, 90s Cure, uh, um, even uh, Jesu, which is Justin Broderick's more uh, shoegazy project. And so if someone came to you with something that was really good, but totally not, maybe nothing you'd heard before or, or... I don't even know. I can't think of some off the top of my head. Uh, I, whatever. Would you consider putting it on your label just because it's good? Sure. Yeah. You're like open to anything because that doesn't happen. I don't come across that. Mm. In fact, I think I have never come across a label that send, that get, that has more than like if they, they if they place any metal, they maybe have metal and rock, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm open to even branching over to uh, maybe some psychedelic hip hop or uh, uh, even dance stuff if it's compelling enough. Okay. Yeah, I think you. And so how? You find the the industry it it it's so weird right now, and if you stick around long enough and uh, your interests are varied enough, I mean, you might be interested in metal or industrial. Um, I mean, just anything that seems to be uh, anybody that sticks around long enough, their their interests seem to broaden their musical horizons, and 
everybody that's involved with the label right now, as far as I know, um, they've all got really varied projects going on. Um, but they, they might be shoegazer-ish. They, they might be more, like Jack said, The Cure or uh, something a little bit more industrial. But, I mean, nobody wants to be held to that completely. Do you find that different than normal? Because I, cause, and I'm asking because I interviewed a band just recently who specifically said they were, um, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I forget. Um, so they told me they were one specific kind of metal. I thought they were doom. And he said, no, we are absolutely not doom. Specifically <laughs> made sure to say they are not doom. And I thought, why is it so important to not be that? So here you are, and you're kind of going, it's okay so I w- I'm interested why different musicians would be so wanting to be uh, specific in a subgenre or not. Hmm. Well, I think <clears throat> for some people, uh, they end up pigeonholed before they even know it, and it kind of irritates them. Um, like, I've played in doom metal bands where th- it was the word doom was a joke. Um, they were just so outdone with the idea of being pigeonholed into that one genre. Um, and I find at least for a majority of, of I guess you call it a career, um, Fear Sore's been overlooked and maligned because, you know, we didn't care what you called it. You didn't know what to call it. And then uh, Times just kind of caught up with it, and they came up with some names for it. I always find them amusing, but, I mean, for at least metal, the metal genre, it's, everybody's wearing a badge, and the more subgenres they've come up with, the more irritating it gets for the bands, but, you know, the fans have to label it something. I find it interesting because if, you, if someone goes on the Internet and decides they want to look for a doom band, they're not going to find the band that says, no, I don't want to be doomed. <laughs> and then that band is going to lose listeners. Like the subgenre thing is like too, like too crazy, right? Like when I started so the show, true. a friend of mine sent me a subgenre list of 200 types of metal. What's the point? Wow. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago. I can't even imagine what the list would look like now. So, oh. so you don't feel the need to do that with your own music is what I'm asking, I guess. Oh, no. No. I mean, no. call it whatever you want to call it. I mean, the, the better names you come up with, the, the more funny and amusing I'll find it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I okay. mean, because I'm not personally beholden to uh, any one idea or any uh, structural mainframe of how I approach things or what I'm trying to do and and I think that's what's awesome about Dead Sage is um, it, it's not about where you fit in a clique or, or what, what genre you're sitting in. It's more about is this music moving to the people that are involved. It's more of a collective than just a label. So Yeah, agreed. It, it, it's really about this, this cohesive mindset that we're trying to 
do things that move us, and that's really 100% where everything sits. All that uh, subgenre stuff, it's a bit, uh, it can get political and it can get really ridiculous, and, you know, we, we kind of try to rise above that, I think. All right, so tell me the fans that are under Dead Sage right now. I'll leave okay, that Okay, so there's uh, uh, Bury the Machines, Iclatis, Theurgy, Viaverso, uh, and Fearsaur. And have those been on since you first, when you started Dead Sage, were those immediate? I mean, well, I guess Wiley came along a little later. Um, but I, I think, I mean, we were pretty close friends at the time, so... I think it was a foregone conclusion that we were going to work together. Oh, definitely. Oh. Well, I, I was just happy that, that, you know, he was into it because <laughs> I, gave, I gave him one of the songs on it, and I was like, all right, dude, this is a 17-minute song that I want to release. And he's like, dude, <laughs> go with it. I like I artists like you because I just need to put the, the, the song on my show and then I can leave for half an hour and go do other things and then come back and no, do more work. <laughs> Quarter of my so, show. No. 17 no, minutes of a song is a really long time. Yeah, it was fun to put together too. That, that was, it was really a trip, but it was even more of a trip when I, I told Jackson that's what I wanted to do and he said, Let, let's do it. I mean, there, there was no hesitation. There was no, that's, that's a little goofy. He, he was just like, let's do it. Nice. Yeah, let's just not make a video for it. Kimmy here again. And no, I did not put a 17-minute song on this show. I would never do that to you. Um, I've known podcasters who have, and I've heard listeners be like, okay, this is not fair. But I do have a song by Fearsore for you. This is Descent 2020.
more projects to consider or right now are you just focusing on what you've got well uh yeah that's in, that's a good question um you know we're trying to stick to like quarterly releases which means like four a year and okay. uh um so we really have to kind of i mean we're all excited to put out things but we have to sort of try to stick to a, a schedule a time-bound goal-oriented schedule. And so uh, um, I'd say that we're, at least for the next year, we'll probably stick with the stuff that we all have and then see where we're at at that point before we start trying to find artists outside of our immediate circle. And how do you think you will go about that? I, I think they'll just come to us. I mean, that's stuff, that stuff kind of manifests itself, I think. You know, I, I don't think we, we're going to need to go and find it. 
Do you see a problem with you guys being in different places, or do you think that will help your your company? Do you think like would it be like are I mean, you the world is the world is the world is so small now because of uh, the social media that I don't think it really matters that much. And so you um, you talk about let's talk about Tony Hooper. Yeah, let's talk Tell about Tell me he's him. your master cylinder. Yeah, he's the guy who uh, makes sure that uh, people are hearing the stuff. He's really kind of been, been our social media, uh, you know, master. He's really been really... And where does uh, he come? Like, did you know him in school, or did you just come up yeah, with Yeah, we went to and... school together. He... We went to school together. He plays bass in in theurgy, and he's a uh, he's a great songwriter in his own right. Okay, and you also tell me that um, you want to be able to help your own projects and your friends, but then to help what you say is the greater artistic community. So, how many of your friends? You know, obviously, I know Waz. You know, I know from several different bands and several different guys I've met Waz through. But what are the rest of you guys? How many bands have you all been in through the years? <laughs> Which I, I I don't need a number, but I mean, you know, like how much of the Chicago metal scene or whatever scene have you been in? All each of you. Um, I I'll go first because I know this is going to be one of those things. Um, <laughs> see, I used to play in um, These Are They with Paul Kerr from November's Doom when I first moved to Chicago. Um, I sessioned on a November's Doom album. I've worked with, uh, I mean, to date I've worked with Bruce from Yakuza, uh, Led Zeppelin II. I've worked with Jim Bresnahan from, um, see, he's from Cyanide and uh, Contagion from way back in the day. Uh, trying to think of who else. Uh, our Elise from uh, Matoniak. Uh, I'm never going to pronounce their name correctly. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I haven't been pronouncing names correctly, obviously, for 10 years. So go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, like, Chicago is a, a really, I mean, it's a big city, but it, scene-wise, it's really small. I mean, if I hadn't have met Jax the way I did, I probably would have met him just through people we worked with because we both know so many of the same people. And uh, then, then we have overarching people that we know. Like I, I knew Waz. Um, I knew of him. I didn't know him. And, uh, you know, you, you play in Chicago. If you're a musician, we all kind of swap into almost the same kind of hemispheres so yeah <laughs> next was we don't we're not even uh, talking about you we did a show we already featured you well nobody wants to hear about I, me anymore before 2003 or 4 I mean I never really played metal before and I joined up with uh, with Bruce and Jim and Matt from Yakuza, and that kind of uh, changed my changed me forever. Uh, what did you play before? So, uh, 
you know, uh, psychedelic music, a lot of, uh, I don't know, fusion, you know, weird jam music. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so playing with those guys really kind of uh, changed me forever. And so uh, I played with them for five years or so, and then after I left, I I don't know, I kind of focused mainly on Iklatus, and then buried the machines after.
I'm not sure if you're catching on here, but this is a very intricate web of guys who are in some strange web of bands within the Chicago scene. And it has always amazed me that I'll play four or five bands and one guy will be in all four, which maybe is more common than I realize. But what I never understood is why I would go to a show where there's five bands playing, but they don't do one night with all five bands with one person. Now, again, maybe that's me, but to me, that seems to be the best way to get someone's music out there. But again, I'm just a lowly podcaster, but again, listen to these guys and realize that they're all interwebbed here. It's almost like a, a cult. I don't know what else to call it, but keep listening because these guys are just, um, they're, they're brilliant. And so Theurgy is a new project for me, but uh, those are like my seminal um, projects I've been involved in. And so there's nothing kind of, so, all right, so let's focus on COVID. COVID, obviously, no one expected this. You guys had no idea. You, know, you didn't sit down, say, let's keep that stage, and then, hey, cool, we're going to have a year where there's going to be absolutely nothing else to do. We can't play any shows. So this, this must have been a huge wrench, so to speak, right? What are you hoping to do once the venues start opening, regardless of when it is? What are your hopes at that time? To go back to work. okay well hell yeah like would you say you want to focus on all of these bands trying to start playing would you focus on playing in Chicago are you hoping to just get anywhere Uh, right now we have absolutely no idea when bands are going to be able to start playing right Um, in Chicago no bands are playing, but in the suburbs they were starting to play, and we're about to close down all over again. So there's really no way to plan. But with a, with a record label, it's to some extent, there's got to be some kind of thought, like, well, maybe we want this band out first, or something to, to that way of thinking. So which mm. band would you say would be ready? Like if I play two... Theurgy, for it's, sure. Theurgy, okay. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about Theurgy and why they would be stage ready, why you would want them out first. Uh, well, it's because of, you know, all the work that Tony's been doing promoting the band and uh, <clears throat> the three guys in the band, they all have day jobs and families and they're so uh, stir-crazy from being locked in the house with with their teaching their kids through e-learning and uh, mm-hmm. not play, not playing music together. So those guys are, when we finally get to get back to some semblance of normal are going to really, really want to be out there playing as soon as possible. And we'll have made the connections with bands to play shows with. Mm-hmm. Where are they? Are they on the South side of Chicago too? Uh, no, they're, uh, they're kind of spread all around. Uh, one of the Chicago guys in Indiana. Correct. Yeah, Chicago okay. land, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And how many, do they have a lot of material? Uh, yeah, well, there's four, four of us writing the songs, and we're all pretty prolific, so there's a hell of a lot of material, yeah. Okay. And I'm, so do you, do you have a website? You do. I think you have uh, deadstage.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And is everything think, uh, for the, sale there? Theurgy.com, too, that will drive to that band. Okay. And spell that again, then. T-H-E-Y-R-G-Y. Oh, okay. The other, the other spelling you gave me was the other way the band spelled it. Got it. So yeah, yeah. do you have merch? Like, where are you at with all yeah, we got, of this? We got shirts, we got CDs, stickers, all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's uh, plenty of merch on our on Dead, the Dead Sage website and uh, band website. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are there any side projects that you guys have going on? Oh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about things, but I think we're we're all just trying to stay focused because, like I said, if we if we do too much, we can't. It's harder to put things out. Mm-hmm. So, do you have like a weekly phone call? Is this all emails? Uh, well, yeah, with Theurgy, we have a, a weekly sanity check for the Zoom <laughs> meeting. And kind mm-hmm. of go down a ch- checklist of things that we need to do for for that week. So We've been you doing told Zoom me you have a pretty full cool schedule too. of releases through 2021. Correct. How did you schedule? How did you decide what to schedule release when? Uh, well, we sort of play that by year, and uh, um, I mean we just have enough material to have the schedule full through next year. But we don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. Okay. And does that also depend on COVID and how long it goes? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to stop, slow us down at all. Okay. At least with the releases. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, we may just not play live, but I'm not going to stop putting things out because of this. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, I think that's great that you're, you know, a lot of people are stuck. COVID hit, and they don't know what to do next. But it doesn't sound like that's happening with you guys, and I think that's awesome. Well, I think it's a lot of people, it, it's a change, and a lot of people aren't used to it. Uh, the, the idea that, you know, what comes next is not going to be exactly what came before. And I, I, I'm kind of optimistic that, in, in the next year, we're going to have some really amazing music, you know, come out. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that we're part of that, you know, that people are going to hear the stuff that Dead Sage has coming out and they're going to be like, oh, wow, so this was all, all that you guys were doing while the world was topsy-turvy and we're going to come out uh, with the rest of the people that are coming out with good ideas and good material. I mean... Hell, there, there's countless stuff that's coming out just this week that that I bought more music during this lockdown than I have in years. There's just some really awesome stuff, and this is just on the edge of the horizon. I think there's going to be more great stuff coming out. That's um, awesome. I think so, when, so, when live so when this live shows come back, this is a writer's block for you guys. This is actually 
a good thing. I got to oh, say I that uh, I, I haven't been super inspired as, as far as writing, but it's been a good time for me to sort of approach the administrative part of things and like really uh, be more focused on like, you know, the left brained parts of doing all this promotions and uh, um, meeting deadlines and getting artwork done and making merch and shipping and all that kind of bullshit that uh, doesn't, that's not songwriting. Um, so it's, that's kind of where my head has been. Good. No, I think that's awesome. I mean, like you said, it might not be writing, but it's another part of the business. And if it can, if, if, this, if COVID doesn't stop you from, from building in some way, then that's awesome. It's the people who stop and sit on the couch and, and then in 10 months go, wait, where did COVID go? What did I do with it? Yeah, so it's I, great that you I, I started that stage and it's just, still growing. Yeah, yeah. And so now you just have to figure out how to add pronunciation right after your titles and all your music. <laughs> You know, for Northside Chicago girls. <laughs> All right, remember thanks, I guys. Told you where um, the, where, what's that? I said, you remember I told you where the uh, the name Iclatus came from. It's the uh, it's from yes, the day well, the earth stood still. You're gonna have to watch <laughs> that film tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna write a whole blog about Waz and how he doesn't listen to my show to check up on me. Um, <laughs> I think we should just have a show about linguistics. I think that would be really exciting. <laughs> well, and funny enough, uh, I love I love the English language. I'm a freak about the English language. Grammar uh-huh. freak, pronunciation freak. Oh, my God, all of it. So we could do that. We're, 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 I would love to do that. We'll keep you entertained. Um, <laughs> yeah, and when all of you are here in Chicago, you all have to come for dinner. That's like been my plan right, for a while. December month. Okay, all right, guys. Thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the deli, and I look forward to hearing everything, seeing you guys on stage, watching you guys grow. I think that you. Well, I know that you guys are already uh, doing great. I've been a fan of Wads for a long time, and I'm looking forward to everything that you got coming up. And with with everything you have so far, you could do your own festival. So <laughs> you're, you're right. That's a good idea right. there. Thank you.
me back again with the Metal Deli. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in for my interview with Dead Sage Records with Jack's Bomber, Chris Wozniak. We also call him Woz. We, listen to me, and Wiley Wells. And then you also heard about uh, Tom Denny. Yeah, I'm not going to do this off the top of my head because I don't have the names in front of me. And you heard music from Fearsar, Theurgy, uh, Via Verso, Bury the Machines, and Iclatus, which on at least five shows I called Iclatus. I want you guys to go to deadsage.com to hear or to find out about all of their music. And I, I'm sorry I didn't get to play more of their music on the interview, but these guys were just so great to talk to and so much fun. And I really look forward to hearing more from them in the future. And for next week, I look forward to playing more music for you on the Metal Deli. Remember, you don't have to like music. You just have to like me. Peace out.